Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Well, I wonder what we're going to talk about today. What a show. We are jam-packed. All kinds of stuff to talk about here the day after Thanksgiving. It's awesome. I'm Kelly Kirsch. we got Logan Gordon. we got Peter Klein. We'll have Eric DeHatcha coming up at 1230. But first, let's talk to Lou. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Well, Lou, it was a, it was a fun Friday for me. I took the day off and just kind of listened to the guys do their thing and uh, loved it. I thought it was amazing coverage and we had all kinds of stuff to talk about. And I guess we, we must start with the goaltender. They got their man. Jacob Markstrom is a Calgary Flame. He is indeed. And, you know, this is a scenario that I think the fan base, the team, the organization has been looking for this kind of player for quite some time. And really, I think the whole fan base has been starving for this type of goaltender since Mika Kiprasov's days came to an end. Now, um, I like the fit. It's it's a long-term commitment. Um, the price is A-OK for me. You've got a goaltender who's coming off his best year. He'll turn 31 on January the 31st. It's taken him, Kelly, some time to get to this point. He was a highly, highly touted goaltender, two-time member of the Swedish World Junior Team, going back to the first time I ever laid eyes on him, which was on New Year's Eve against the Russians in Ottawa at the 2009 World Junior. So um, one of the things that I loved about everything that I heard from him is that he's challenging himself right now to be even better than he's ever been. And, you know, when somebody gets a big payday and, feels good about themselves i'm i'm always excited to hear that he thinks that there's still lots of work left for him in the upcoming year so it's it's been a very very positive thing he was as i've heard it referred to the bell of the ball and um the flames went out and made it happen yeah it was it was big stuff and big story and a huge buzz in this town all over the place and uh um we had Rhett Warner on, obviously, this morning from, from Buffalo, and he, he, he brought up a great point. He said, it's great the Flames have him. The price is decent. Maybe the contract's a little long. But more importantly, Edmonton and Vancouver don't have him. And I don't think that can be understated. That, that was a huge get for the Flames GM. Well, I think it is, Kelly, and, and I like the point that Red made. And the point that I also made on Friday, even myself, when it broke down or with Patty on Saturday, too, was – When you're building your team and you're going up against your opponents, you're always looking for a competitive advantage. And if the Flames maybe don't necessarily possess some of the offensive weaponry that some of their other, you know, division rivals have, then why wouldn't you put yourself in a position where you might have the best that there is in a very, very important position. So when you tailor your team, and and I think the other move, you know, with Chris Tanev, which obviously I get the sense, and you guys would know far better than I would because you have access to 
you know, outside of I see some things on Twitter that's a lot more mixed, again, you know. Not as, as team... positive about Tanev, I think that's fair. No. Logan. You know, on the text line? Probably. Is that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's... Right. Uh... So, and we can talk about that in a sec, because I want your guys' opinion on that situation. But the bottom line is, in recent terms, or recent days, we've seen a Calgary team that went through the playoffs, became harder to play against, was was a better defensive team. And, you know, when you can take care of a goaltending scenario that you hope is is long-term and it's something that now you can focus on other things, you know, that's a good get. That's a really, really good get. And the other point, too, quickly, is remember at this point in time last year, at least last summer, Florida paid $10 million for the best guy in Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, that's, that's telling. Yeah, it, it is something where we are in 2020. Um, Peter Klein, you've had a little time to think about it and digest it over, literally over some Thanksgiving turkey and stuff. What do you think of the Flames' moves uh, right now as, as they stand? They haven't addressed the forward issue just yet, but what do you talk when you talk about what they did on defense, what they did with, uh, well, both goalies? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I uh, I mean, first off, a lot of digesting this weekend for sure. Um, but uh, I, I, st- I still like the Markstrom contract. I understand it's a little bit long. But when you see some of the other contracts that were handed out, there weren't many where I was, oh, if they would have just done this instead. I, I think everything kind of played out market-wise the way we thought it would. And, and I like getting Louis Domingue in kind of that backup role where if something happens to Riddick or to Markstrom, you're not calling up a kid for his first NHL game in backup action. You have someone who is a little bit more seasoned in that area. I like that a lot. And I I think if you could find some form of a potion where you could guarantee me 82 games of Chris Tanev, I think he's actually one of the, the better defensemen in the National Hockey League. Health has always been an issue if when he is healthy like i said he's fantastic and if the flames get him at his healthiest then this is a, a real real good addition so i'll be interested to see who the third guy on the right side is because i i think that one has to be a little bit more dependable now just because of how uncertain you might be about tanev but just from a, a pure hockey sense I, I think the flames have done really really well so far and lou that's how those guys play like tanev plays hard and he he doesn't cheat the game and that that's just what happens. You got you get injured when you when you play that hard. Well, he plays really hard, but there's a lot of elements that I love, guys, about Chris Tanev, and that is um, he's one of, for me, the elite defensive defenders in the game. And, and I think as time goes on, those types of players are getting harder and harder to find. You know, the guy I put at the top of the class for a number of years, or at least one of that was very underrated, I felt, was Mark Edward Vlasic of San Jose. Um, You know, Tanev, for me, is kind of not necessarily a notch below. You know, this isn't a guy who has played at the Olympics or World Cups, but in every conversation I have had with coaches and GMs around the league, every time I bring up the name Chris Tanev, one thing follows, and that's this. This guy's a really good player. Mr. Klein, like you said, yes. The only concern, and I'm sure there's lots of salary concern, um, that's some of the feedback that I saw, but to have a right-handed shot defenseman like Tanev 
that you could play with Giordano if you wanted to go that route. And it gives you lots of flexibility. It solidifies your top four. And as time goes along, somewhat like what happened in Vancouver, I will not be surprised if you don't see him in a partnership at some point with someone like Yusuf Alamaki. Because if you don't think that Chris Tanev didn't make a massive difference in Quinn Hughes' ability to do what he does and does it incredibly well, I think you're kidding yourself. So, you know, and even on the Zoom call the other day, you know, one of his nicknames in Vancouver in that room was like Dad. And when I hear that, I get excited because that means you care about other people and making other people better and taking care of other people. And that, to me, we don't pay for intangibles very often, but I think the Flames got a really, really good player in Chris Tanev. We're chatting with Peter Labardius right here on Hockey Central at Noon. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, Peter Klein. And uh, got to keep talking about defensemen, guys. Uh, let's start with Las Vegas, Lou. Massive deal Oof. as um, they get out the checkbook and make a trade as well. Well, you know, and Alex Petrangelo, elite, Stanley Cup champion, Olympian, um, would make anyone's defense better, right-handed shot, 30 years of age, um, someone for a team that has known a lot of success in its infancy as a franchise, talking about Vegas, Kelly McCrimmon obviously felt like this was another potential piece to put a really good team over. And the Petrangelo scenario, guys, for me is really interesting just in the sense of how it played out. Because, you know, lots of talk when it all came to an end about, you know, St. Louis sounded like they were ready to go eight years at eight for 64. Uh, I truly believe at some point there just there had to be a disconnect there. Um, you know, and Doug Armstrong, who, by the way, made one of the bigger moves of the weekend that maybe we haven't talked about yet, and that's when he got Tory Krug. So, you know, Petrangelo goes to Vegas. Unfortunately for the Flames, they're going to have to deal with him on a more regular basis. It gives you, you know, a potential Theodore left-handed shot, Petrangelo right-handed shot, the makings, if it works, and I can't see how it won't, um, premier pairing in all of the league. But, you know, it's been interesting to just see that by the end of it, Petrangelo obviously incredibly sold on Vegas. And anyone I talk to there, they players fall in love with that place in a hurry. Just, just the city, and, and not, not what most people think about in Vegas, but it's, it's where the players are, you know, out in the suburbs. It's, I've only been a couple of times, guys, but, but it's a it's beautiful a nice setup. It really is. It nice really spot. is. You know, their practice facility out there is, is fabulous. Um, you know, it's affordable. The taxes are terrific and you know people fall in love with that place really fast to the point where you know even on the weekend I've you know read even from Paul Stashney when he got moved to Winnipeg you know during the last few days sounds like it's a place where he and his family might go when it's all said and done so 
a big swing by Kelly McCrimmon. Understand why he's done it. Vegas is not messing around. You know, they made a massive commitment to Mark Stone not too long ago. They've, they're right on the precipice. So, you know, they the goalies, get... Lou? You see the article that they're they going to sure go did. with both guys, and that's a lot of money. It, it's a lot of money, Kelly, but when you think about the potential, especially for the upcoming season, I just, you know, I, I sat on the weekend through all the moves, and I thought a lot about the schedule and what it might look like. And, and I know that they would love to find a way to play 82 games. But let's just say, and I worked this out the other day, let's, let's say they start January the 1st. And I, and I think that might be a reach, but let's say they do that. And so if you played 14 games a month for five months, that gets you to 70, you know, which would have playoffs in June in July, which to me would make sense with the Summer Olympics if they go in Tokyo. And because of NBC, you know, I could see that as kind of a target for the NHL. But the point being with your goalies, if ever there was going to be a year where you needed two guys, this is going to be it. Think about if that's the case and they go 60 or let's even say 70 games in five months, which averages to 14 a month. You're playing every second day, and there's going to be tons and tons of back-to-backs. And, you know, the other factor, too, Kelly, that we learned on the weekend with Vegas is, guess what? Robin Leonard's got shoulder trouble, and not big trouble, but it required cleanup surgery. So, you know, you better have somebody there waiting and, and being able to play. Now, that's today. We'll see by the time January rolls around what it looks like. Chatting with Peter Labardius right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. This is Hockey Central at noon. Lou, you've been talking about how uh, how the Flames really need a a major shakeup or some sort of shakeup uh, in the forward ranks to kind of really uh, make things different. They haven't done that yet, and now we're yeah. seeing that the uh, the forwards are are not as expensive as maybe some people thought. There's still some guys out there. Um, do you think the Flames have some money to to maybe go after Mike Hoffman or somebody like that? Uh, they, they, they probably could fit it in at this point in time. We don't know what Andrew Mangiapane is going to end up getting paid. They've got some other things to do that are obviously going to help them adjust that situation to know exactly where they are. Kelly, from day one, and I've said it many times on the show, I don't think a trade is out of the realm. I, I still don't. I, I absolutely don't. Um, and, and I just want to be clear. I've talked about a reconstruction. I, I don't think this team needs massive change, but I do think there needs to be some reconstruction of the forward group. Um, and does that mean I need two guys to go or only one guy to go or maybe even just in – in utilization, I just, I just think you need a bit of a change, um, you know, to change things a little bit in the room and potentially a bit of your culture and, and everything that goes hand in hand with that. So um, I just, I don't think the forward groups have worked particularly well. However, you get better defensively. Um, I don't personally, you guys may disagree, you know, certainly in the playoffs in the last couple of years, they haven't they haven't had Mika Kiprasov or Jacob Markstrom, but I don't think goaltending has been 
you know, the reason between the Flames not advancing in the playoffs or making the playoffs. So, you know, we'll, we'll just we'll see how it works out. The problem is the market makes it very, very difficult. And, you know, you might have to wait. Would, would I be surprised if the Flames kind of start now that I've seen the two big moves that they've made with a pretty similar group up front? Yeah, I do. I could. Hmm. Peter Klein, your thoughts on what we may or may not see. Do you think the Flames are going to be uh, shuffling things up in the forward ranks, or are they going to kind of go with training camp with what they have? I think we'll still see a bit of a shuffle uh, up front. Uh, I think that this we haven't seen much in terms of trades over the last few days. I think a lot of people waiting to see how the free agent market is going to to shake out. And now that most of the big dominoes have fallen, with Petrangelo is signed, Taylor Hall is signed, we're getting into that second level with guys like Mike Hoffman, Evgeny Dadanov, and and those sorts of players. I, I still think more trades are to come. I am wondering if that big blockbuster isn't going to happen now just because it does seem like the trade market has quieted down pretty substantially. So I, I think that if the Flames are going to make that that shakeup to the, the um, to the top six that I think that they need, I think it's going to be more addition than subtraction at this point. I, I think there's going to be more signing than let's make a big trade. And, and that that's a pivot from where I thought we were, but that's just kind of where the market's at right now. Kelly, I, I, I do think, though, that it can still happen. I, I, re- I really do. I, and I think there's some potential teams that could be quite interested. But the one thing about, you know, and we always seem to talk about two guys in particular, and, and we know which two those are in terms of any kind of shuffle that you make, um, I'm still not discounting trades. I, I just think... You know, and even when we've had Brad Treleving on, he talked about don't expect all the business to necessarily get done when the first weekend is over. I think now teams are, you know, a little bit more settled, but that doesn't mean that there's still not issues for a lot of different groups that they have to address. So I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a big blockbuster, but. I, I'm not discounting that, you know, like Mr. Klein talked about, I, I still think in a sense there's got to be some form of a shuffle. Yeah, okay. And finally, Lou, before we uh, let you go, Nate Schmidt, now a Canuck. Well, Jim Benning just absolutely for two days took it right between the eyes. But wouldn't you say that he just made a pretty good situation out of when I you saw know, that, that's a smooth move. That's a good player and helps a lot of things, checks some boxes. Yeah. He is a he is a fantastic team player. Um, you have cost certainty, whether you think it's a little higher than you'd like. He's versatile. He's used to playing big minutes. He comes originally out of the Washington situation listen when kelly mccrimmon who i have incredible respect for and have known you know going back to the late 1980s his time in brandon when he talks about nate schmidt being one of if not the finest person he's ever dealt with in the game the vancouver canucks you know who are obviously very diligent in trying to make a move for oliver ekman larson 
You know, they end up finding a team that was in cap trouble. It's a team in their own division. You've added a top four defenseman who can skate, who can make plays, who will be incredible in your room. I I think, you know, listen, I I get why Vancouver fans are upset about losing Markstrom and Tanev and Toffoli. But I also remember a fan base that was PO'd at the JT Miller trade last summer. How'd that work? How'd that work out? Well, the Canucks fans are so even keeled, though. That's the thing that, you know, they're just. Are there any, Kelly? And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm one. You've known me for a long time. Like, I, I'm far from an even keeled fan when I'm all in, but we don't seem to have a lot of uh, even keel left on the planet sometimes anymore when no. it comes to no. jumping right on the news and the. Uh, yeah news of the minute yeah get all excited about something well that's why we love it so much lou we're gonna let you go we'll talk tomorrow and um hmm i wonder what's gonna be up tomorrow we uh we can maybe dig into some of the other things the flames might be uh cooking on the either on the front burner or the back burner who knows right well there 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 will be something by tomorrow for sure and for the next little while i don't you know whether it's league issues or flames potential moves There'll be something brewing by tomorrow. Have a good day. Thanks. You guys too. Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. The 2020 Eric Francis Pizza Pig Out Home Edition is coming up October 14th through the 29th. Now, normally we uh, go down to Cowboys couple of drinks, have some fun, eat some pizza, raise some money. We're still raising money for Kitsport Calgary. It's going to be a little different this year. Here's how it works. You get to the old website, ericfrancispizzapigout.com. You look at the uh, participating vendors that are helping out Kidsport. You just do a little takeout. You do a little delivery. You do a little skip the dishes, whatever you want to do, and vote for your favorites. It's been a tough year, we know. We're trying to figure things out here. But I tell you, Eric has worked so hard for that pizza pig out. We just couldn't let it uh, fade away. So we're gonna we're gonna do it virtually. Thanks to everybody that's helped us out in in the past. And I'll tell you, Kid Sports certainly is appreciative. I know the crew down there, um, they're working hard. Kid Sport back to sport project, helping kids get back into the game, helping the low income families out. You know they do so much uh, great work, and we like to help them out as much as we can. So that's the deal. Starting like later this week soon like tomorrow um right till the 29th of october just go to eric francis pizza and uh participate the best way you can we appreciate it in advance we'll take take a break get to our nhl insider he's eric to he's next on hockey central hockey central at noon on sportsnet 960 the fan from the iconic studio powered by iconic electric and controls innovation it's iconic Contact them today at IconicEC.ca. It was a busy few days in the world of hockey. Our NHL insider in Hockey Central is Eric Tehatchik. And Eric, I guess we've got to start with Vegas. I'm just fascinated. We've talked about them a fair amount in the past for, for good reason. They were a miracle team, and they just want to keep getting better and better. And they go out and get the checkbook out. And what do you know? They've got that, that big stud defenseman they've so coveted. Your thoughts on the big signing and and obviously the Nate Schmidt trade as well? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I, I love, you know, like I did the, uh, the conference call with Kelly McCrimmon yesterday, and I love the fact that, that this is an organization that's basically been swinging for the fences since the first trade deadline. So I remember being in Vegas the first week of their season. I, you know, I, I was, you know, down there doing an NHL column and spent some time with George McPhee, and we just sort of, you know, kind of roughed in what the year was going to look like. And, and at, at that time, you know, they, they expected that they would have the same, you know, lumps and bumps that, that every expansion team would have. And, and he had players like James Neal and, and uh, David Perron that were on expiring contracts, and they were probably going to be rentals for, for other organizations. And they were going to slowly build through the draft. They'd picked up all those extra draft picks. They had picked three guys in the first round. And then it just never stopped, right? I mean, they just kept winning, winning, winning. And, and so at that precise moment, they made that organizational about face. We're going for it. And nothing has changed since then. So we're, you know, three years into their existence. And from from the moment that they decided to push all their chips in, which is a great Vegas analogy, uh, they they just continue to 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 try and and win with the group that they've got. And, and eventually, there's going to be a day of reckoning, and and you know that might be in three years' time or four years' time, because not all of these contracts are probably going to age well. But you know, if you look at the team on paper, you know, with Mark Stone being added last year, with Petrangelo being added this year, with the you know probably the best one-two goaltending combination in 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 the league right now you know they're they're going to be one of a handful of teams that the odds makers put in the stanley cup favorites i mean parity is still going to reign in the national hockey league we're still going to have a handful of teams at the bottom and a whole bunch of teams in the middle and one or two elite teams but i think that vegas on paper is now one of those teams they were last year they're better than they are right now now i think they are going to miss Nate Schmidt from a chemistry point of view. And that would be the one concern that I would have if I was running Vegas, that, you know, they, they are better on paper than they, are, than they were two years ago. But there was something intangible about that first group, right? The golden misfits, you know, the, the, over, the, you know, the, the, the whole was greater than the sum of the individual parts. Well, now the parts are way better, but they still have to coalesce as a whole. And I, I think that they've shown signs over the years of, of being able to do that. But, you know, they've changed the coach that, that got them to that Stanley Cup final. Uh, you know, if you look at that roster, that's been turned over pretty significantly, right? About half of those guys that were, that were there in that first run are, are gone right now. But, uh, but I can see that, you know, the, the, you know when, when you have a player like Petrangelo that's available, if the perception is that your team, you know, is kind of average on, on the blue line, now you've changed that. You know, like he is a, is a bona fide number one. And what's happened in three years is that Shea Theodore has evolved into a bona fide number one. So they have, in my mind, two number one defensemen on that team. Granted, they both play the right side, but, um, but that's a luxury that, uh, that they didn't have before. And I think they believe that that, that is going to be you know, the, the thing that gets them over the top in terms of winning a championship. And I think the owner there is a little bit impatient, wants to win a championship within the first five years. Well, they haven't in the first three, so I think they're, they're, you know, they're going to have a real shot in year four and in year five to do just that. Well, couple things first of all that's a lot of money for four guys in when in the salary cap that we that we've got the other thing i was a little concerned about and maybe maybe it's just me looking for something that isn't there but bill foley has been he's let the hockey guys do the hockey thing but he was uh quoted in and i did a uh newspaper interview with the review journal that you know he wanted you know mark andre Fleury to stay and he was sort of you know seemed like a bit of an emotional uh response and that's a lot of money for two goalies. Now, granted, Leonard's getting so- shoulder surgery. 
But what did you make of all that? And that is still, I mean, four guys. That's a yeah. that's a pile of cash for four guys. No question about it. No question about it, especially in a, in a flat cap era. And, and, and I do think that, I, I mean, I, I know that they, they were exploring some options for Marc-Andre Fleury. So, yeah, like Marc-Andre Fleury, I guess, is still Foley's neighbor, right? And so they've developed a relationship beyond just, you know, owner-player. Like and he has been kind of the face of that franchise going forward. Uh, you know, he's in the one that got featured in, 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 in the commercials. And, and he is a, he's a glue guy, too. You know, we use that term all the time. I, I've heard it applied to, to Chris Tanev. You don't often hear the term glue guy uh, applied to goaltenders. Usually they're the quirky, you know, you just figure out a, you know, a way of, of, of managing things uh, with, with goaltenders. So he's really an important part of what keeps that team together. And, and you know, it, it sounded like, and again, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this because we weren't able to get anywhere close to the players this summer, but it sounded like he and Leonard have a, a great relationship based mostly on mutual respect for what, uh, what each can do at, that, at this given time. So while they both want the net, you know, the reality is that they're, you know, they're both getting on a little bit in years. And as Kelly McCrimmon mentioned yesterday, whatever the NHL looks like next year, there will be a compressed schedule. There will be lots of back-to-backs. There is going to be a need to have goaltenders that can come in and, and, and win on, in that, that second night. So I, I think that that's not just Vegas doing that. That's everybody doing that. You, you can't afford it. If, if they only play 48 games, which I think is what the, the most realistic uh, possibility is it'll it'll be like like baseball you know there'll there'll be this sprint to the finish line like even teams that aren't that good are going to say well in 48 games we can we can be competitive and we can be in the mix the only way you can play yourself out is if you don't have a second goaltender that can come in and win games for you so i've said this to you before kelly but if if you it, it, you know the days of having the good guy goalie on the bench sitting behind Ed Bell for opening the you know the door, cracking jokes, and, and playing once every six or seven games, and you know maybe winning one out of every three starts. That is over. That is not going to work for for next year. So you know here in Calgary, you're, you know as good as Markstrom is going to be, and as, you know, he'll probably play three out of four. Riddick is going to have to come in and win games on the nights that he's playing. And, and uh, so at least Vegas is in a real good position to, to do that. You know, it's very similar. You know, again, Kelly McCrimmon made this point to what Montreal is doing. You know, they picked up Jake Allen to play behind Carey Price because Price plays better when he, you know, when he gets a little bit of a, of a break. So I agree. It's a ton of money. I'm not sure if Fleury will be there for two full seasons, uh, but, uh, but, you know, for now, I mean, this is the, the, you know, the team that they've cobbled together on paper. Um, I would tell you that, you know, I looked at their depth chart. To me, the, the concern isn't so much that as you're relying pretty heavily on Cody Glass. Like, if you look at their depth chart right now, a player that took, took six overall a couple of years ago that hasn't really been able to find his NHL footing, he's their number two center. He's their number two center right now, and they're kind of capped out. And so he needs to take that next step, and he needs to be really good for them because they're strong on the wing. They're much improved uh, on defense. They probably have the best goaltending in the league. They're a little thin down the middle. To me, if you're, if you're identifying an Achilles heel on Vegas, that's it. It's William Carlson, and then it's Cody Eakin, and, it, it, you know, and then it's Nicholas Roy, and then it's you know, Thomas Noshek or, you know, whoever, you know, whoever it is that, you know, is the, you know, the guy that on that fourth line is, is taking the face off. It's, it's a little bit thin compared to what other teams have. That's the story about Las Vegas. We're chatting with Eric DeHatchuk. He's our NHL insider on Hockey Central at noon. We're also joined by Peter Klein. 
Uh, Eric, the other big name we heard about going into free agency was Taylor Hall, and the thought was he was going to look for somewhere where he could win right away. I would have taken me a while to get to Buffalo on that list. What did you make of Hall's signing with the Buffalo Sabres and the the one-year nature of it? Yeah. Well, you know, again, when, when when I think a lot of us were caught by surprise, pretty much everyone. I, I don't. I didn't see anyone anticipate that the landing place for Taylor Hall would be Buffalo. But when you heard Buffalo, like immediately, it was like, okay, that's Ralph Kruger, right? I mean, so so Taylor Hall, uh, early on in his career in uh, in Edmonton, you know, Ralph Kruger was an assistant there, and then he was the head coach during that uh, lockout shortened season. And I remember I had a conversation with Justin Schultz. At my previous job, um, when he was like this, you know, college free agent that had a chance to shop himself around, and he turned, you know, he was Anaheim property, and he signed with Edmonton. It was like Edmonton, Edmonton, really. And that was before Connor McDavid, right? And so I, I got him on the phone and, and asked him that, and he and he and he said primarily it was because of how convincing Ralph Kruger was. And and I I, I mean I've known Ralph since he played here for the Wranglers in in the late 70s. So I like he didn't have to convince me about uh, about how eloquent Ralph Kruger is but uh, but all those guys like playing for him and I think that one of the catastrophic mistakes that Edmonton made was was firing him and bringing in Dallas Akins at a time when when it looked like they were sort of trending in the right direction and then they tried to tread water there for a long long time so the relationship between Hall and Kruger was good then I remember that and uh, and and I think a lot of other people connected the dots very quickly as well but that that's that's the reason you know that when you're when you're casting about for a, a place to play, um, if you're going into a year where there's all this uncertainty, when you're not 100% sure of what you want to do, you know, here is someone that says, "Come and join our team. You know, see what you can do. Get your career back on it. We'll play you with with Jack Eichel, one of the stars in the in the National Hockey League, and see if you like it. And and if you, and if you like it." We can extend this relationship, and if not, then you can you know seek out greener pastures afterwards. And and so I can just imagine that um, you know that would have probably been the most compelling argument that he heard uh, from from anyone. And uh, you know it, it shows that he's prepared to think out, outside the box a little bit. I think people imagine that he would be landing in Nashville because of John Hines. Uh, you know. It's, if there was a way of shoehorning him into, you know, the Calgary's lineup in terms of the, you know, of that dollar figure, I think that that was something that they would have liked to have done. But, um, you know, but, but, yeah, it, you know, it's surprising. But, but, you know, you understand why he did it, and it will make Buffalo better. Um, it will. I think it catches the attention of every player in that dressing room because I think that they've kind of been drifting, drifting, drifting. There was even talk about, you know, Eichel being traded. Uh, to Chicago, there, you know, or Chicago, to New York uh, ahead of the, the draft. I, I know the Rangers made inquiries about him, and so this is the, the clear signal now to the Bluff Buffalo dressing room. We didn't trade Eichel, and now we are bringing in Taylor Hall, and we are serious about this, and let's get going. And you, you, you know, you hope that psychologically it affects everybody in in that uh, in that organization. That it's like, okay, let, let's. You know, let's get out of this rut that we're in and prove that, you know, we're, you know, an improving NHL team. So they have some interesting pieces there. Um, it would be interesting to see if Hall can make that much of a, of a difference uh, in, uh, in a short period of time because it won't be very long. And if it's, if it's another disaster, then, you know, then he's, you know, looking for a new home in 12 months' time. 
we've talked about the top uh, defenseman and the top forward available in free agency. The top goaltender came to the Calgary Flames with uh, Jacob Markstrom signing a deal with Calgary. Um, I, I guess that, that, of course, not the only move with Chris Tanev coming as well. well. What have you made of the first few days of free agency for the Flames with a lot coming in and uh, a lot going out as well? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it was, you know, we have spoken about Markstrom before. I think it was fairly well known in, you know, in, in Calgary hockey circles that he was the, the player that they targeted. And so, you know, but that it often happens that you target someone and then somebody else uh, outbids you. I think probably what happened there is that Edmonton kind of exited from the uh, from the bidding fairly soon. You know, they were out, you know, uh, um, early. And I think that that probably helped the Flames get the term down from seven years to six. You know, in fact, I think if you go back and listen to what I said on the on Thursday, I said you know six by six, you know, should get it done, and it did get it done. So I think he's a he, he is a, a big improvement. Again, you know, I watched the guy really closely last year for a lot of reasons, and uh, I think he is an elite level goaltender. Um, you know, the only concern that I would have is that you know often uh, a guy that comes in when he sort of hits that first financial home run, you know, comes in and tries to do too much. So I hope that the Jacob Markstrom that shows up here is just a guy. That, that comes in and plays at the level that he played at before and doesn't feel the pressure that, you know, he has to have a, a 1,000 perfect save percentage to justify, you know, this, this big payday because, you know, the, even some of the best players in the NHL sometimes struggle under the weight of fulfilling these expectations that, uh, that big money contracts uh, uh, you know, sometimes create, but um, love him as a goaltender. Um, you know, hope that David Riddick comes in and, and understands that, you know, that he has to play well when he's given the opportunity. Um, in terms of Chris Tanev, not a guy I know very well, you know, so I, I go mostly by what I hear people that I trust saying about him, again, being a glue guy, um, being a good shot blocker, you know, it's, you know, a lot of the things that were said of Trav, about Travis Hamanick when he first came in here are now being said about, uh, about Chris Tanev. And he was a guy that played well with Quinn Hughes last year, so potentially he could, you know, help, you know, one of the young left side guys in, in, in Calgary, you know, bring their games to, to another level, um, you know, kills penalties, you know, can play against uh, top players. You know, I, again, I, I, you know, Markstrom, I, I know fairly reasonably well, and, and Tanev, I don't, but you needed something there, and you probably still need something there. You know, I look at the available list right now, and there's a little bit, there's not a lot of monetary flexibility, but, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them bring in a Sammy Vatanen. Uh, you know, to flesh out that right side among the available right shot defensemen that are out there. You know, he's still on the market. He was someone that they inquired after in December when they were sort of interested in bringing Taylor Hall in from New Jersey. Vatman was Hall's teammate, and I think that they thought that he would be, you know, someone that could come in as kind of a, a rental. So he, he's someone. And the other player that I really like that's still available Eric Halla, you know, so you know, circling back to our original discussion about what made Vegas so good that first year, I thought he was an important piece for them. You know, he really skates well, uh, plays an up-tempo game. He has had some injury history, and uh, you know, he's been moved about. He was traded at the deadline last year, um, but I, I, I like what he brings. And there's a versatility there. Like he is technically a center, uh, but he can play the wing as well. So you know, there's still a few people out there, and and there are still some some holes to fill in. in in, in Calgary. So, um, you know, you're, you probably need at least one more, you know, depth forward signing. And, uh, you know, and then I suggest one more uh, defenseman on the, on the right side that, uh, you know, to, to really 
flesh this, uh, this group out. Well, Eric, we will uh, find out what happens between now and Thursday, the next time you join Hockey Central at noon. Thanks for coming on today, and uh, look forward to our chat on Thursday. Thank you. There we go. Eric DeHatchik down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, now open for limited dine-in service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza, pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975. Check them out at 6060 Memorial Drive. Take out, get it delivered. Just get some uh, pizza and pasta and maybe a steak, some ribs. So good there. We'll take a break. Tee up what's happening on the Mighty Big Show. Things might be a little calmer than they were on Friday, or maybe they won't be. We'll see. It's next right here on Sportsnet 960. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Back at it on a Tuesday after a long weekend and a busy long weekend for sports. All kinds of stuff going on. Peter Klein, Logan Gordon joins me. Um, guys, what was your highlight for the weekend? Uh, PK, was it was it LeBron and and basketball? Was it baseball, football? What uh, or or some of the hockey signings? Because there was a bunch. Yeah, I, I mean LeBron James winning a championship. It was rather anticlimactic, but that that one was, was pretty cool for me. But I, I think just how busy it was in the NHL, like just coming back today. Okay, have to talk about all of these. What happened again? It, it was just there was so much that happened this weekend in the NHL. So the NHL free agency frenzy or the signing season was the uh, the big winner for me. Logan, what about you? What uh, caught your uh, your eye the most? Uh, turkey. Yeah, for um, sure. Right, dressing. Some mashed potatoes. That sort of thing. Uh, really good gravy. Yeah. Uh, sweet potato casserole. I'm always uh, a fan. It's an underrated Big signing. Big apple pie or yeah. maybe pumpkin pie with some whipped cream. Yeah. Uh, you know, pro tip out there. It's an underrated move to uh, get your oven a little bit warm. Keep it warm. Put an apple pie in there. Take it out just in time for dessert. It's a... Uh, it's a real clutch move. It's a big signing. I think yeah. that uh, everyone needs to get on board with that. Yeah, absolutely, it does. And, uh, guys, we have a uh, that tradition, Tuesday night football. Yeah. Yeah. T- Tuesday night football. I think this is a sneaky way for the NFL to just take <laughs> over just the week. take over. Yeah. Oh, it's COVID. we got to take Wednesday and, and well, uh, Friday we now. We play Sorry, on Saturday guys. night, too. Yep. Like, we might as well. Like... You never know. So, yeah, that, that's just the way it goes. So, uh, no Thursday night football. So, we have Tuesday night and uh, baseball tonight on the Mighty 960. Is there's two games. We will have the American League. And maybe maybe that uh, Tampa Bay Rays team is uh, PK, just like we thought they were against the, the Jays. They looked uh, unstoppable, and they just keep rolling. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see the team that uh, dismantled the Blue Jays, especially in that second game, is actually a pretty good one. Um, and it's it's so much fun to see this Astros team that cheated their way to a World Series falling to the Tampa Bay Rays, whose payroll is like $9. I'm, I'm very much appreciating it. So wait a minute. Uh, so my theory when the Dallas Stars kept rolling doesn't apply to baseball. Well, no, of course not, because I'm applying this one now. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I've learned many lessons from you over the years. Yeah. Uh, but no, like this is this is a really good Tampa Bay Rays oh, team, regardless sure. of who they're playing. Like unbelievable. So yeah, and, and who, who's not cheating? Uh, you know, cheating and hoping they they win. And I mean, Houston still. They're gonna. I wonder how long they're gonna carry that for. Uh, well, at least in the next season when everyone has a chance to boo them again. Like, they, they got off too easy this year with no one having uh, people in the stands to boo them. But yeah. next year, I, I assure you, baseball fans haven't forgot yet. Big show set to uh, get going here. What, uh, what do you guys got lined up? 
Uh, well, it's even though we're not used to talking about the fantasy football waiver wire when there's a game on that evening, but we do have um, some waiver wire coverage for fantasy football with Matt Marchese, uh, another rundown of what's happened in the National Hockey League and free agency, and Logan has three burning questions. So a lot to get to over the first hour of the big show. Yeah, and then 2 o'clock, it's Steinberg and Nalt, so we're going to be busy this afternoon. Coming up on Friday, your chance to win a uh, kind of a cool little deal. We got tickets and treats, a combo pack from Landmark Cinemas. You get two uh, movie tickets, you get two popcorns and two drinks. Uh, Boomer does one in the morning, and then we do one in the afternoon with the guys on the big show. And uh, you can double your chances by heading to our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. You can enter to win through Sportsnet Nation. And if you want to find out what's playing uh, Landmark's movie lineup and purchase tickets, you could just go to their website, landmarkcinemas.com slash showtimes. And speaking of showtime, the big show is ready to go next right here on Sportsnet 960.